sit and join the shade. Hey, brother, pour the wine. Drink the drink that I have made. Hey, brother, pour the wine. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to Drink in the Style, brought to you by Habitation Design and the District Edina. I'm your host, Gregory Rich. Uh, tonight's theme, rugs. Flooring rugs. Not bad toupees. No offense to you, Johnson. I am joined by Valerie Underwood, Vice President at Laloy Rugs, one of the finest rug purveyors in the business. Valerie, Welcome. Thank you for having me. So great to be here tonight. I can't wait to tell you more about rugs. <laughs> <laughs> and do you know everything there is to know about rugs? You've been in this business for how long? Um, in the home furnishings business, gosh, almost 35 years. But in rugs proper, um, combined, 20 total. 10, a little break, and then t- almost 10, coming up on 10. So about 20. Solid math. Well done. Right? I know. <laughs> it's because the alcohol hasn't really hit. Which we're working on because that was a beautiful transition over to our coctological segment. Today's (laughs) coctologist is the lovely Megan Tice. Ooh, we love the Megan. There should be like glitter, like a, you know what I'm talking about? Like the glitter sound effect? There should a little. Even for the guests. Yes. Which is actually, that's kind of the noise, the music we use for the swallowing music. <laughs> we can do that. Ooh, yeah. right? delightful. All right, that's going to mm-hmm. be the also now the, uh, the introduction for our coctologist. Uh, depending, of course, on who is in the coctological chair. It'll work for... Uh, <laughs> is that a problem, Valerie? The dentist, doctor, and coctological <laughs> chair. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I'm more than happy to coin that term. I oh think my you God. Should. Ladies and gentlemen, this fall we will be having a special event so that we can advertise the offering of the Coctological Chair, a new project or product that Habitation will be offering uh, by Love invite it. only. Love it. <laughs> God help us all. All right, Megan, what are we going to be drinking this evening? The French 75. Ooh. A classic, classic cocktail. All right, yes. Johnson, this was some mixing music. And Megan, tell us what we're doing. Okay, so I've pre-mixed most of this already, but I have one and a half ounces of gin. Um, I have Bombay dry gin today. Works for me. Um, And then I have three quarters ounce of lemon juice. Very important. You gotta have that acid to brighten the thing up. Fresh lemon juice is better. So, yeah, that's true. So be glad I didn't ask you to sit and... (laughs) Milk some lemons. <laughs> Thank goodness. Um, and then Interesting three quarter, visual. <laughs> three Good quarter visual. ounce of simple syrup. And then you're going to add that all to a shaker with ice. Okay. I lost the scoopy again. Scoopy. Uh, it's in my office. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Last night was Rotary Club happy hour. I... Found a lot of things I was surprised and in the office. And you used the scoop. I used the scoop. I know. Who, who knew? These days, if you reach into a bucket of ice with your bare hands, you might as well just lick someone with COVID. I, I agreed. Huh? Agreed. Exactly. All right. So we have got the basics mixed together, the gin, the lemon juice, the simple syrup. Mm, yes. What a delightful, light, bright, lemony color. So we're just pouring this into a glass. Now we're using wine glasses, which is perfectly fine, and they're white wine glasses. Oftentimes, it's nice to use a flute Mm -hmm. and something like that. 
Nevertheless, the flute, I don't know, what do you think about the flute, Valerie? So I'm I'm pro-flute for really celebrational, like, holiday moments where um, you need to look a little more professional, but at home I'm pretty much going to use, you know, a giant wine glass because <laughs> right. the more the better. Or the bottle. And yeah. I don't even, yeah, I don't really need to impress anyone with my flute, so just, you know... Fair enough. A so tub, we, a bowl, <laughs> just the bottle needs, again. Yeah, it's the it's the why why create extra oh work? Goodness. So yes. then we're gonna top this off with a champagne or prosecco. All right. So here we go. Ooh. Love the sound. Woo! Boom. I love that. Nice. All right. And may I? Sound. Shall I? Yeah. Go All right. For and it. what is the amount? So our glasses are half filled with gin. And other. I just do it to the next line. That looks perfect. And we've got a nice, I don't know if you call champagne a head or not, but a nice foamy head. Um, you do now. I do it, now. It, it, yep, coined a new phrase for the French 75. It was hatched in the cocktailogical chair. It was. <laughs> hatched. <laughs> Seldom used, but highly yeah. effective. Agreed. <laughs> All right, there it is. This is a beautiful drink, by the way. And um, it's, I mean, it's so alive as a cocktail. Um, it's effervescent. It is effervescent. And people love, and the thing about champagne, sparkling wines, Prosecco, what have you, is that the carbonation gets into your bloodstream faster. So it's Don't efficient. Don't we love that? Don't we, we love that? Is that a myth or is that legit? I think it's legit. Oh. I think it's What's legit. What's the science behind that? Um, I believe that it is capillary action. Okay. Interesting. Johnson, don't fact check that. <laughs> All right. So we have our no. French 75s in wine glasses ready to be tried. So let's hit our swallowing music and get this uh, tested. Mm, it's delicious. It is always Ooh, delicious. Uh, it's perfection. Mm, nicely done, Megan. Um, I made a really sweet one at the district, and mm. I was like, right before I got here, and I was like, oh, <laughs> Greg's much. not going to like this. <laughs> Too much simple syrup? Yeah. yeah. Too sweet for Greg? Yeah. No. Oh, every, yeah, I know, no, I want, I want hardcore alcohol. That's yeah, all there is to so, it. This I one's mean, a bit better. Sometimes, I mean, often people will use an ice cube uh, that uh, would be added instead of the simple syrup, kind of like um, with a uh, death in the afternoon or an, uh, uh, what do you call the uh, uh, the green fairy uh uh, 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 no, the uh, Johnson, you know what I'm talking about. The green, the green wormwood liquor that was illegal for years. Everybody drank it in Spain. Oh, um, absinthe. Yeah, yeah. That's absinthe. Right. So you pour absinthe over an ice cube to somehow create that sweetness level. And I know people do that with this as well, but hmm. the simple syrup works just fine. This, this is perfection, honestly. I, I agree completely. All right. We got a great drink. We got a great guest. This is going to be a great show. And we will kick it off with today's pretty random, random question. Are you ready, Miss Underwood? I, I think I might be. Excellent. What is the most beautiful place you've ever seen? Which continent? Ever. <laughs> Anywhere. And uh, keep it clean. Oh, gosh. I mean, I think probably the most beautiful place I've ever seen, and there's a few in the running. Third place would probably go to Turks and Caicos. Mm. Second place would go to Hawaii. But if I had to pick only one, mm -hmm. sadly, probably would pick the Amalfi Coast. Really? And funny enough about the Amalfi Coast, um, one of the things they're known for, if you've been to Positano or Amalfi, mm -hmm. 
the giant lemon production over there. So it kind of ties oh. in with our French 75 a little oh bit. Oh, my God. You see, you're just so good at everything you do. It is breathtaking. <laughs> truly. I've actually never been to the Amalfi Coast. I know. I know. I know. And Turks and Caicos, we were supposed to go to in March of 2020. That was postponed. You'll love it. You should You should absolutely go. But, yeah, the Amalfi Coast is one of the most stunning places. It's just absolutely beautiful. And, I, of course, I love lemons and I love the drink. And so it just kind of ties right in. It does. Beautifully, beautifully done. There was an exchange student from Italy uh, that was here this summer. I took him boating. He was being sponsored by a member of my Rotary Club. By the way, Go Edina Rotary, of Go. which I am a new <laughs> Go. Go a team. new member. And, Johnson, isn't Rotary District uh, launching its own podcast? Yeah, this? it is starting a week from this Sunday, or if you're listening to it on this weekend, one week from today, called Searching for Service. Check it out. Three o'clock Sundays. Perfect. Beautiful. We'll have to do a lot of cross-promotion on that. So, um, anyway, so he was from uh, Italy, and he lived in, on the Amalfi Coast. And apparently they had this beautiful house that has this beautiful guest house, so I have a place to go. Nice. You uh, you will absolutely love it. It's fantastic. And the food and the everything about it. So I Love it. Fabulous. All right. Well, beautiful answer on that. We should probably take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to start talking about rugs, details, how to use them, how to fix them, how to clean them. I don't know. Just all different all rug good things stuff. to do with rugs. Thank you, Valerie. All right, this is Drink in the Style on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Come fly with me, let's fly, let's fly away. If you can use some exotic booze, there's a bar in far Bombay. Welcome back to Drinkin' the Style. I'm your host, Gregory Rich. My guest is Valerie Underwood from Laloy Rugs. Our cocktail is a French 75. Our cocktailist is Megan Tice. Our producer is Johnson. Just Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> Resounding endorsement for Johnson. We he, love Johnson. We do. We, we, we dearly love him. The man is absolutely fantastic. Nothing could happen without him. Uh, truly, you are a delight. And again, I, I love the toupee. It looks beautiful. I've been trying different ones, yeah. <laughs> the red one didn't look so By the way, do you know why I like to call people by their last names? Why is that? Because I know a dozen Bretts. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of Johnsons, of course, but... Johnson, you are Johnson. You, it's Johnson. easier to remember that than a first name that gets mixed into all the other first it's a names. Good variety, because I mean, like you said, everyone's last name is Johnson, so no one ever calls me that. Because yeah, see, other people will turn their head if you say that. You should simply start going like that, just yeah, like yeah. Prince, you know, Johnson. Yeah, yeah, like a Brazilian soccer player or Prince. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Love it. All right, I'm That's glad I could idea. help you here, ladies and gentlemen. Sorry about that, but let's get back and talk about rugs, Valerie. We're going to jump right into it. Let's. Okay. <laughs> After I babbled for like 12 minutes. All right. What are the three most important things to consider when you are selecting a rug? Great question. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of components, I would say, to narrow it to three. Um, I can do, I think, four, but three. So probably one of the most important things, obviously, is going to be color. Like, you're not going to even look at the rug until... 
the color works for the space and the what you're trying to accomplish. So, um, and that's by the way how people usually choose a lot of things in home furnishings outside of rugs. Is mm-hmm. the very first thing they go with is what color are we or color palette we're working with? Absolutely. So, color would be probably the most important. Um, then, typically, I would say. Um, size is going to be maybe the next most important thing. Some people may disagree with that, but um, the size typically in the room, a lot of people um, like to go at least an 8 by 10 or bigger. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really important, especially as the home sizes in the metro and just in general get bigger. Um, we're seeing 8 by 10s, 9 by 12s. So the size in the room and Making sure you never go small. Um, if you're ever like in between rug sizes, it's always more important to go to the larger size versus back to that smaller size. When um, people are no doubt inclined to go with the smaller because it's cheaper. Because but, it's right, less expensive. Absolutely, people would you know maybe choose that. But I say go bigger. I I agree completely from a design perspective, and I'm assuming that you would agree. I mean, chairs half on, half off a rug. Just it just doesn't work. It just it cuts your furniture in half. It makes the room. Uh, it doesn't tie the room together. It doesn't tie the room together as well. Sometimes in a small room, you have no choice but to only put front legs on the rug. Mm-hmm. That's sort of like the bare minimum standard. But really, I love to see kind of all or most of the furniture up on that rug, even though you're covering a part of it. It's really grounding the. Um, the spatial arrangement, making making it feel like a cozy space versus just pieces sitting together. So you're creating a visual uh, uh, containment without having walls. Without having walls, Love correct. It. All right. Um, and then the third most important thing about choosing a rug, I would say, is going to be like the activity going on in the room and choosing the right rug durability wise. Um, mm-hmm. Are there pets involved? Are are you having Red Wine of the Month Club? Are you having <laughs> Rotary Club? Uh, you know, Rotary Club <laughs> might be coming over. And so we certainly don't want to have viscose, 100% viscose rug if, you know, Red Wine of the Month Club and Rotary Club are, let's say, coming over, you know, at the same time. A because, most excellent point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So just making sure the fiber and the durability like match up to the activities in that room, I think is really important. And viscose is always a challenge. It's everyone loves it. It's soft. It's lush. It's some people sell it as natural and you can argue that it is natural. It's made out of bamboo fiber, correct? Correct. That goes through a rigorous process. Um, and it comes out absolutely beautifully. But yeah, no, there's nothing that ever comes out of viscose. It has some limitations and the, you know, viscose is good in certain environments. Um, but the one limitation it does have, there is nothing underneath your kitchen sink or in your laundry room that can clean a viscose rug. So right. it does need to be sent out to not only a professional, but a professional who is used to cleaning and can actually accomplish the cleaning of the rug. A lot of rug experts um, in the cleaning world will say, oh, yeah, we can do viscose. But really need to make sure they can because viscose um, cleaned incorrectly is... It comes back kind of crunchy mm. and dried. You lose the color. It can be a nightmare. Viscose is a fabulous product. Viscose rugs are gorgeous, but do not put it in your front hall. Do no, not put no. it on your in your dining room, probably. Not at the Four Seasons Hotel in the lobby. I think that no. would be a bad choice. Yeah, that would be a really bad choice. What is the most durable fabric? So, I mean, there's a lot of argument whether man-made fibers like polyester, polypropylene um, mm-hmm. are the most uh, durable. Some people feel like wool is the most durable. I think actually both, and it depends on sort of the environment. I think they they do equal things, um, but if there are pets involved, I tend to lean towards polypropylene because 
it tends to repel a bit where wool, even with the lanolin around it, can tend to kind of pull in a little bit and wick a mm. little bit. So it just depends really if there's pets or not. Um, but honestly, wool, polypropylene, polyester, um, and and we don't use the nylons as much or uh, the other man-made fibers were, were a lot polyester, polypropylene. But I'd say they almost do an equal job, except if pets are involved, then it would lead to polypropylene. 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 What's the best selling? What are most people buying at this point? I would say equal amounts. Really? Um, I think in the Midwest, people still, um, the demographic, kind of the age group demographic, sometimes, um, you know, people that are, you know, a little advanced in age, unlike you, Greg. Um, <laughs> Do you see the gray beard? Yeah. For they, a 29-year-old, I look quite <laughs> aged. You, for for 29, it's just, I mean, you look amazing. Well, thank you very much. The um, For 52, I look like hell. I mean, <laughs> well, I mean, no, no, don't. Don't let your your dog tell you that. That's not fair. <laughs> um, no, I would say, honestly, people that, um, from the Midwest, generally speaking, have sort of a tendency to lean towards wool because they just understand it. They're mm -hmm. familiar with it. They um, experience a lot of it and ready to wear. So mm -hmm. they know what it can and can't do. So I think there's a comfort level with wool. Mm -hmm. But honestly, when you explain polyesters and polypropylenes and how they can actually perform as well, in some cases better than then those are those are some viable arguments to have. But yeah, I'd almost say it's split, it, honestly. It makes sense. I mean, because again, there are different uses and they're in different places. So what have you. What about styles relative to fabrics, or, or not fabrics, but uh, uh, material? I mean, do most, I mean, if it's a traditional rug, does it make any difference? Are you most likely going to find that in wool? Do most contemporaries come as polypropylene? So that's actually a great question. We typically do most of our, honestly, most of our contemporaries do come in the shape and form of the opening price point polyester polypropylenes or a few in the actually hand-knotted viscose world. Mm -hmm. um, and then I would say updated traditionals, um, some urban looks, but updated traditional come really in the wool. Traditionals mm -hmm. and updated, that that's kind of how they come. And we're doing some mid-century moderns and things like that. But no, I would say the majority of our contemporaries are actually coming in that opening price point polyester, polypropylene. And kind of one of the things we're known for is actually making an upper end looking product in an opening price point mm -hmm. um, fiber. We have a vast line of products. I mean, I can't even imagine how many, I mean, do you have any idea how many styles you guys offer? It must be thousands. It's, it's, it's into the thousands. And I feel like we're probably up over 300 collections at this point in time. A lot. It's amazing. Lot. See, this is why, and Megan, this will not surprise you in any way, but this is why when I go to High Point, and you and I always meet at High Point because you guys have the best Bloody Marys. Uh, <laughs> no demand. Yeah, no, it's, it's absolutely true. Um, but whenever I do, I generally just turn Carl over to you guys and then I sit there and drink because I cannot understand. I, I mean, so many rugs, so many permutations. If you're not a trained designer, if you don't really know this, you are a babe in the woods and some critter's going to eat you. 
I would say that's true. You, um, I mean, we should stick to what we're good at. And, you know, mm-hmm. you do that when you're at High Point, and I applaud you for that. <laughs> um, and then Carl is also, um, honestly, not only is Carl, and, and I mean this, not only is Carl truly one of the most talented designers I've seen, um, I've seen his work, um, he picks things just he has got so much confidence in what he does, and typically he he picks our best stuff. And I don't I don't know how he does it. Um, he's decisive and just he's and and he's delightful to have in the showroom, and just a brilliant and just a kind man. Thank you. He I is. hope to God he doesn't hear this because the last know, thing Carl needs is, is bigger head. Right? I know. <laughs> oh my God. No, it is it is truly. I mean, within just a few seconds, my head is spinning when I walk into into that showroom, but. It is so filled with gorgeous. It's thirty thousand square feet. So most people, and especially when you're in the middle of the day, when you you might have four hundred people in the showroom. I mean, yes, but yeah. Carl can maneuver those racks like nobody's business, I know. and he does it with such ease and grace. It's, I know. It, he makes it look effortless. Carl is an amazing man. Yes. I will uh, I will raise our French seventy five oh, to Carl raise. Peltier, our yes. expert senior Cheers. designer at Habitation Cheers. Furnishing and Design. We should probably take yet another break because I need to refill my French 75. So once again, when we come back, we're talking more about rugs. I think this has been a really useful conversation so far. God knows what we have next. Who knows? Indeed. All right. Stick with us, ladies and gentlemen. This is Drinking the Style. It helps your point of view. is so pretty isn't it i love that song it's it's i i hated the 50s version from what chubby checker or something but the way she does it is sultry it is sultry as you may or may not know i'm a fan of sultry seldom Uh, used but highly effective word completely agreed you use that and someone will pay attention to the next thing you say Agreed. All right. This is Drink in the Style, where we're enjoying the sultry tones of Valerie Underwood uh, from Laloy Rugs. All right, Valerie. Greg. <laughs> it sounds really, really like I'm about to ask like a serious, massive question. We need to talk. feel practically <laughs> interrogated. <laughs> Valerie, we need to talk. <laughs> Come into my office. You're going to shut the door. See me. Yeah, yeah. It's written on the invoice last time. <laughs> no, let's uh, let's talk about uh, Laloy itself because the rugs are fabulous. And I wanted to start out with that because that's what people care about. But the company that you work for is has become within, what, 20, 30 years, one of the dominant players in the rug market, correct? Um, we We consider ourselves really lucky and really blessed that we – have come as far as we have in 18 years. We were um, a tiny company of just a handful of people in 2004. Um, gosh, I, I think there were less than six total people that were in the company back in 2004. And Amir is probably um, regarded in the industry as one of the, the biggest visionaries and just he he takes really amazing calculated risks and he's 
yeah, it's just it's been an incredible journey, an incredible ride. So for um, for me in particular, I've known Amir, gosh, twenty five year longer than Loloy existed. I knew him from from a previous rug company, and um, yes, we we are um, we're extremely lucky that we have the talented staff and the talent in the product development team, and mm-hmm. um, just uh, Amir is. Amir Laloy is a formidable man. He is, uh, the first time I met him, you can tell right away, he is, he has vision. It's, you know, and it's something so rare that he actually, I mean, he has the vision, he has the risk-taking, but calculated. Mm-hmm. He has the talent. Um, he's one of the only, well, no, not one of, he is the only um, owner of a rug company that is also the head of the product development team, and that the, there's no other company in the world where that's one and the same, and that's that's unique. His passion for rugs is like something I have never seen in my entire life, mm-hmm. and it's I mean it's breathtaking, honestly, to just watch how much he cares every minute of every day. Like you would think he would just like be, it'd be tired it would, of it. like it'd be so much he would want to break and. Mm-hmm. I will tell you, Leloy um, and his family, and uh, those that's really his life. Mm. I believe it. I mean, you're passionate about it. And the reason that Leloy is as successful as it is is because he has that passion, because that is truly what he wants to do. It is. And you know what? It's also the drive. Um, one of the stories people don't know about Amir, um, so he came over um, from overseas, and he, he lived in Texas, and he hardly spoke spoke a word of English. I, came, I think he came over his sophomore, junior year of high school. And he was um, in in Texas, in Dallas, I think living with an aunt and uncle. And he had, um, he decided he should have an ice cream route to make money. And so the way the ice cream route worked is if you were the number one salesperson for the week, you would get, I think it was a free um, gallon or two of ice cream that then you could just go ahead and sell. He worked 14 hours a day, like like seven days a week during the summers. He was the number one salesperson in the, at that ice cream company for the entire time, wow. every week. He was Mr. Frosty. He, <laughs> well, I, it, I mean, perhaps. Um, but, you know, so when you come into the showroom, we always have ice cream, hand-scooped ice cream, or we always have ice cream treats that we're walking around with. And it's really a tribute to like his roots and like where he came from. And he never, like he never forgot like how hard it is to start something and just to be, you know, continually be passionate about it. So good for him. What ice cream goes with a Bloody Mary? You know, I'm going to say Rocky Road. (laughs) (laughs) I think that actually kind of maybe works. Pistachio might be nice too. Um, You know, pistachio might be nice. Um, You know Jeez, what? I don't know that I've ever been asked that, so it's hard to come up with, you know, the best flavor off the cuff. This, this show is groundbreaking. Johnson, don't truly, you agree? Truly. Absolutely. Yeah. Tackling the hard issues. Tackling the hard issues. Ice cream and Bloody Marys. <laughs> yeah. Breakfast of champions. Exactly. Breakfast of champions. I mean, Bloody Marys and ice cream, not just for breakfast anymore. Absolutely yeah. true. Uh, that said, I'm now thinking someone needs to make a Bloody Mary flavored ice cream. Okay, I'm actually down for that. I know. I know right? an ice cream maker um, in Lincoln, Nebraska. God. I'm gonna I'm gonna propose that flavor. You let me know what happens. I'm gonna keep you posted. You know I will. I know you do. Thank you so much. <laughs> so you brought up an interesting question, a thing though that gives me a new thought, which is uh, he's still involved in design and product uh, creation. How does that process work at Laloy? How does 
Yeah. How do you, how do you, how does a rug make its way to your rack? So I don't actually have the full skinny and scoop. I'm going to give you my abbreviated what I know version. The product development team of which, my gosh, we must be up to 20 people, 20 or more. Most of them have graduated from SCAD. Um, SCAD. The Savannah College of Art and Design. Okay. And so truly talented people and honestly just amazing humans. And the they they will start out with a concept of of a direction or a color palette um they will do the the cad drawings send them overseas they go back forth for a period of time till we get our first sample in and then we start to do color corrections or pattern corrections every size rug is um then has its own cad drawing so like the runner has its own cad drawing compared to the 8x11 because the 8 but you know you have to scale like a motif a middle motif to the size of the rug and then we we go back forth with samples um until everything is in its final stages where it's ready to be reviewed and there's a whole uh, army of people practically that review like the rugs that come in and they decide okay, these 20 rugs came in, these 12 don't copy, mirror, overlap, um, the color reads true, the pattern reads true, and then they will incorporate the 20, uh, of the 20 rugs, maybe the 12 patterns. And so that becomes then, if, if everyone deems it to be strong enough to take to the marketplace where we're going to get a good enough buy-in, that collection will make it to market. But there are plenty of times where I think collections come in and they couldn't either get the color or the pattern or um, maybe the quality is just not quite 100%. We, we are really focused on having the, the best value, the best quality out to the marketplace. So if it doesn't resonate with everybody on the team, it, it gets scrapped. Okay, so the concept I had long ago for doing a rug that has a body outline and a bloodstain mm. probably is not going to make it through. You know, I feel like that would be a good, like, Andy Warhol kind of a collection. Right? I mean, Can we talk yeah, about it? Yeah, I always I mean, thought it would I be just, fun. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> let's explore this because I really, I think there's some merit there. I'm not sure where. But <laughs> as a consumer, I would probably buy this for Halloween. Just okay, I mean, right. it could be it could be like the Freddy Krueger collection. Right. Just saying, dude, it would sell really well in like Venezuela, Colombia. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess they make their own New, New York City. I mean, there's like think of the places we could take this. That one's gonna that's gonna worm its way into your brain. I guarantee it. Yeah, point. worm worm being the operative word there. <laughs> Completely. But yeah, there is. I mean, and people say, well, how long does it take from start to finish? Like from concept to market showing? Like what's the time? could be 12 to 18 months, honestly. It's actually fairly fast, uh, I would think. It just, yeah, there's a lot of lot of thought mm-hmm. that goes into it. We, we do not just put something out there and say, let's see what people think we get. Mm-hmm. The team gets a lot of feedback first, and we try to really make sure what we're putting out there is only winners. And I will tell you, I mean, it's just, it's so breathtaking. Every market, we're like, oh, my gosh, look at what. Look at what Lloyd did again. Look at what the team did again and makes us very proud. You guys are the gold standard. I mean, when you go to High Point and you go to different showrooms and things and you start mentioning Lloyd, everyone kind of bows their head and, and agrees that you are, again, the gold standard of, of rug design and, and space, which is why we're so happy to have you at Habitation Design. You're, you're very sweet and we're really honored to have you as a as a partner um and you guys have been great partners for years um with us so thank you yeah it's been it's been a great ride uh i'm continually amazed every single day like what we do and what we come out with and 
just how humble Amir is about every single aspect of it. Um, there's no ever thought in his head that he's arrived or that any of us feel like we've arrived. I think we feel like we're just on a continuous journey of like, how do we do, how do we do better for ourselves? How do we do better for our customers? How do, how do we be a better manager to our reps? How do we, you know, get up every day and just make it happen and do more, better, different? And that is a, a great segue as well, because obviously your role as VP of sales is essentially to be managing, well, many things, but among your responsibilities are to be managing your reps uh, in the area. What What is that all about? What tools do the reps themselves need more than anything else? So I think, I mean, for them in terms of like a physical tool, I would say it'd be the 18-inch. Um, we have 18-inch samples that we have for nearly every rug, every collection, and that um, that is probably the number need because in terms of most accessories, you can show people a picture, a client, and they'll say, oh, yeah, that lamp is the perfect profile, the perfect height. But when it comes to anything textile, you really need the actual physical sample to get client you know, client approval. So that's probably the number one um, sales tool. And then after that, I think it's it's really listening to what the reps have to say. Like, what are the customers asking for? What are they What are they liking? What are they wanting improved? And then and and not just dismissing it or not saying, oh, you know, but don't worry about that. We can do this instead. Um, it's it's. Like what do they need and how can we facilitate those needs and how can we make it a partnership and how can we take those challenges and turn them into opportunities? And so, I mean, listening is important. Um, and I always tell the reps, it's, it's important to recognize all of our accounts and our customers and our clients and our designers and say, you know, what What do you need from Laloy outside of rugs? Like, do you need other resources? Do you need, we're really a solution Mm-hmm. And rugs is just the vehicle that we're riding in. Mm-hmm. Like we just happen to be selling rugs, but we want to be a solution to all of our customers, accounts, clients. And you do a great job with it. I hear music means that there's supposed to be a break, I think, and the next one. We'll be coming back in segment four, and I'm going to ask Valerie the hard-hitting questions about the rug business. You're not going to want to meet the, miss this one. Come back in a moment, yeah, folks. Come back. And come back with a drink. We'll a big drink. In a minute. Whatever you've got to do is something that can be done by two. Every kiss, every hug seems to act just like a drug. You're getting to be a habit with me. Welcome back to Drink in the Style. This is Gregory Rich. I'm your host. We're talking with Valerie Underwood from Laloy Rugs. All right. So our final segment, and before we get too far into it, I want to expand more on Laloy Rugs because I keep even calling it Laloy Rugs. It's not officially called Laloy Rugs, is it? So it, it actually isn't, but that's okay because I'd rather have you call us something then you know rugologists right i mean that's okay too that actually is kind of catchy um <laughs> rug rats we, i mean ru- ru- i mean that that could that possibly good. work on some network um no but when we started and when i started with laloy uh it was it was rugs and so people still think that that's what we do and i'm i'm glad um that people know us for that but the truth is we've really evolved so I think, gosh, eight years ago or longer, we introduced pillows. 
and that mm-hmm. we're a category for us. Again, staying true to our who we are and our roots. We are uh, definitely textile driven. And then we evolved into throws, and then we evolved into like floor pillows and poofs. And I think it was four or five years ago we evolved into uh, wall art. But it, the wall art is, again, um, it had to be true to our roots and mm-hmm. it had to be textile um, involved. So every piece of wall art has got some element of textile in it or uh, it's called a rug map or a rug cartoon where people that are actually weaving a rug will use a map to know what color to put where it's held behind the grid work in a tufted or a hand knotted product and so we were selling those behind glass as well which were actually huge hits and they're beautiful Hmm. and um, we and then we are also known now for our one-of-a-kind and one-of-a-kind not only we do wall art Mm -hmm. kind of fun fact so there are like really old pieces of like rug or rug remnants out in the world and i used to say this this poor little guy here he was a scatter and he was destined for like the burn barrel or the ditch but, we, but we'll yeah. sell it to you for a fraction of what it would otherwise uh, cost. It, it, absolutely, and and but now it has holes in it, and it's got like a, it's authentic. It's, got a, it's it's authentic. It's got wear spots, and it's got holes, and it's uh, as a scatter or its original size kind of meant nothing mm-hmm. in the marketplace. But we put it under glass, and actually, the more holes and the more ragged and jagged, it actually has like more value because you look at it and you think to yourself, like, where was that rug? What was Agreed. it doing? for 50, 80, 100 years. Like, where had it been? What did it had seen? Like, what families was it involved in? So under glass and framed, it, it brings life to something that was really destined for a burn barrel or a ditch. That's uh, fabulous. And, and, you know, and it's funny because if you go to Persia, I call it Persia. I refuse to call it Iran. So you go to Persia, you, you go to you. Turkey. I, you do you. That's pretty much the only thing I know how to do. Um, or choose to do. So you go to, to Persia or you go to Turkey. The value of a rug goes up as it ages. The older and more experienced it is, the more you have to pay. It's the absolute opposite. And it's for the same reason, isn't it? Correct. And these just happen to have tears or wear spots or things that just you couldn't lay it on the floor and have it do its original purpose but hanging on a wall and and being part of like a heritage and like a story Mm -hmm. it's just it's a beautiful thing so we have that whole um collection or amount of like different things that we're introducing all the time with the one of a kind so vintage we do up to 49 years um, and antique we do up to a hundred you know 100 years and mm-hmm. that's also going to dictate the knot size and the price which again i mean it's about authenticity it's about the thing being what it's supposed to be and you know funny that you said authenticity and the thing being what it's supposed to be because i think uh amir is so many things he's so dynamic but but he is actually very authentic and just be he is he's always being what he's supposed to be and and I think just the love he has for that and the love we have for that authenticity that mm-hmm. he is just really the real article mm-hmm. I mean that's I think what helps just all of us kind of combine forces and just do the best we can do every single day and yeah and it shows it really really does it's why we love carrying your line it's why we've done so well with your line um so uh, i'm sensitive and appreciative of that all right so i promised my audience the hard-hitting question and i have it now are you prepared i i believe i am all right i did it myself this very day and i have to ask 
Big Lebowski. The rug really tied the room together. Do you hate that line or do you appreciate that line? So I'm going to be a party of one. Um, I've seen many minutes of The Big Lebowski. (gasps) You've never seen the entire movie? No, because... It's based on a rug! But I don't don't actually love it. (laughs) No, I'm going to make you watch it. It's going to be a condition. How can you not? It's an entire movie based on a rug. Yeah, I'm just, I'm actually just not a fan of that movie. Wow. I know, I'm, I'm a party of one, I admit. And I'm, boos are heard across the world right now, but boy, I feel like men get, get it, and women are like, hey, show me a little, like, when Harry met Sally. <laughs> There's no romance in The Big Lebowski. Zero. There's a, I've never There's actually a lot thought of grunge about that. and grungy and, yes. like, let's... And white Russians. And we should maybe just be clean and maybe wash our hair. And That was not the dude's thing. No, no. No. But see, women are all about, like, When Harry Met Sally, kind of a movie-like thing. I, I mean, I, I hear you, and that's true. What about you, Megan? Are you a fan of, uh, of The Big Lebowski? What the heck is that? Oh, dear God, I'm millennials. You guys are killing me. So Seriously? I, what she meant to say was absolutely not. Well, <laughs> That's actually that's actually what she meant to say. She was being polite. She said, "What's that?" But she meant no. Wow! Is it? Is that the case? Totally the case. Um, it's about a rug. <laughs> yeah, a, a bad a bad rug. The plot is simply this: there's this guy named Lebowski, and there's this who is nobody. He's just a stoner drifting through life. Stoner and being the operative word here. Agreed completely. Uh, who drinks white Russians. You cannot watch the movie without spending a week drinking white Russians after that. And and what happens is a guy breaks down the door, a couple guys who are, uh, I don't remember, collecting debt or, or some kind of violence, yeah, I think. see, it escapes me. And they pick the wrong Lebowski. So they kind of beat the hell out of him. And uh, then they finally realize that it's the wrong guy. But before they leave, the one guy, just out of spite, pees on the rug, which was probably not polypropylene. No, I'm going to say it was probably wool. I would agree. It definitely had a but, wool sense but, to it. Yeah. You know, just when you have long hair and in a bathrobe mm-hmm. and like with a t-shirt and bad shorts and then it was bad Jesus-like. Flip, bad flip-flops. It was really unclean Jesus-like. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't good. I can't, I can't argue with that. It was, it was part of the charm. But Megan, back to you. It was, so they peed on the rug. So he didn't mind coming in. He didn't mind having his butt kicked and, you know, his head being thrown into a toilet. But he was really upset that they peed on his rug because, as the famous line is, the rug really pulled the whole room together. Should be noted, there was pretty much no furniture in the room. Should be noted. <laughs> Things like that. So the entire movie is basically more or less his ex- escapades while he is trying to get this other rich Lebowski to replace his rug. Which, frankly, should have been done with a Laloi rug, if you ask me. I mean, clearly. So I'm really glad you gave me that rundown. <laughs> Didn't help my right, right, Megan. Um, because because now, now you're dying to watch. Have, like I'm changing the subject, but have you ever seen that movie Rubber? No. It's literally about a tire. It just like rolls around in the desert, yeah. and like is this evil tire, and just like shakes, and then just things blow up. So when you're like, this movie's about a rug, I was like, is this a magic rug? Um, See now, Aladdin. If you had said, "How do you feel about Aladdin?" I would have said, "Oh, yeah." 
Oh, fair enough. Now fair that, enough. Now that's a feel good. That's a top-notch rug. Top-notch I rug. love Aladdin. After the show, I'd be happy to sing any song from Aladdin except A Whole New World. Oh. Let's go. Really? Oh, you said I said, hey, clear the way in the old bazaar. Hey, you let us through. It's a bright new star. Oh, come be the first on your block to meet his eye. Oh, yeah. I had a girlfriend in high school. Oh, she had, wait, she had two young ladies. No, 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 no. This is way before. This movie came out in the late 80s, early. Yeah, late 80s. Then she had two uh, younger siblings, and we watched the movie endlessly, and it burned its way into my brain, it's which I don't great, mind. It's a great movie, honestly. It it's is, well as done. is The Big Lebowski. <laughs> <laughs> I get no respect whatsoever. It's terrible. I, I, I couldn't agree more. All right. Somebody comes up to you because we're running out of time and we got to bring it back to rugs um, because that's why we're here. Let's be totally here. honest. And we didn't even talk, by the way, about blankies. You guys are into blankies as well. Um, your blankie, my throw. Mm. Yes, uh, we are. We potato. We throw, potato. Yeah, I know. Let's call the whole thing off. Um, yeah, we are. We do throws and and pillows and floor pillows and uh, poofs and oh my gosh, wall. I mean, just so many other categories. So, I would say for people that knew us five, eight, ten years ago, like we have just evolved into so much more. And I. I think there's a, you know, generally a plan to continue to evolve into other categories, and that's exciting. Good for you. Yeah, you have to grow. You simply have to grow. And, you know, Amir, again, is the kind of guy who needs additional challenges. You can only do, you know, the same thing so many times before you realize there's synergy. And the wall hangings are the perfect example of that. Agreed. Yeah. No, it's uh, it, it's absolutely wonderful. So, all right. One last question before we have to sign off on this program, and that is this. Of all the bits of advice, of all the wisdom you have accumulated regarding floor coverings, we talked about color being the, mo- or the first thing people worry about, et cetera, et cetera. If you had only one rug that you could buy for the rest of your life, what kind of rug and what would it look like? Um, I think it would look like the the Bridges family, and it would have Jeff in the center of the rug, <laughs> um, in in a in a bathrobe, and that would that would really be that would satisfy your soul uh, completely because you know I mean the Big Lebowski. Wow. All right. Well, that was legitimately one of the most insincere answers to a question I have ever experienced. So I'm grateful. uh, Okay. Um, I can give you a, you know what? It changes my, my, as, as the world changes and business changes and we have to evolve and change with the world. Like my taste in rugs legitimately changes every six to 12 months. So there, there to me, there's a perfect rug for today, Mm -hmm. but that is going to be different in six months when I see the new intros and I am a, Oh my gosh, I am a follower of the new, like, what did we do next? So It's fair. It was an unfair question. I, I suppose things a, evolve. Yeah, I don't have a, I mean, one of my favorite collections, I have several in my home, is the Thea collection, but that's current. And in six months, I'm going to get something else, and I'm going to keep getting something else. Fair and appropriate. Well, I will say this much. Laloy rugs are available at Habitation Design. Um, we have, of course, a bevy of designers who can help you select the correct rug under all circumstances. And all this is done under the watchful eye 
of Valerie Underwood. So, Valerie, I want to thank you for being on the program. Um, And there it is, my friends. We have drunk our way through another episode on behalf of Habitation Design and the District of Dinah, as well as Valerie Underwood from Laloy more than rugs uh i would like to wish (laughs) thank you i would like to wish everybody good luck this coming week and i will finish with a quote from confucius if you try to do too much you will not achieve anything good night everybody